0: Welcome in to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Williamson and Ray Garvin. Ray, how's it going, man? It's, it's felt like we haven't
1: talked in a while, so uh, I'm excited to... Uh to dive back into these rookie profiles and we've got some information now right there was some event that happened that uh we can kind of talk <laughs> about that as well so i uh, uh interested to see how these ones go now that we've got some information from that event i think you guys may have went to it i don't know what it what, what it's called
0: yeah yeah there was a little something a little something last week uh matt was there matt what were your uh what were your overall impressions on the 2020 nfl combine Loved it. I mean, the one thing I don't think I'm
2: big on just for many reasons is the event taking place at night. It just screwed me up and everything was a day later to begin with. But I think it's here to stay. From what I understand, ratings were pretty good and uh, we'll just all have to make do. But I love the combine. I love going every year.
0: Well, Ray, as as you know, as as our listeners know by now, we're getting together here once a week for a deep dive into one prospect at a time. And Ray, this week we are giving the people what they want. <laughs> they want to hear you talk about Jalen Rager, and that's what we're going to do tonight. I mean, let's let's kind of get it out of the way here. Ray, you, <laughs> you're a you're a huge fan of Jalen Rager. We all know that if if you follow Ray on Twitter, as as I hope you do, and there were some high expectations for him, especially when it comes to the forty. There was there was some talk about maybe even him challenging Henry Ruggs as as the the receiver who might have the fastest forty. And and I know I know he was you could call him a disappointment, I guess. If if you won, he ran a a four four seven instead of a four two nine or four three flat, whatever maybe were your expectations. But when I look at his overall performance at the combine. I just I just can't get on board with with saying he was a combine loser or that he was a disappointment. Right. I mean, 42 inch vertical, 95th percentile, 130, uh, 138 broad, 97th percentile. I mean, this guy is still a freak athlete. Nothing I saw uh, in, in that coverage last weekend changed my mind about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I am a big fan of his talent. I'm a big fan of his game, and I'm a big fan of how I think his skill set translates to the NFL today, but I'm also very objective. That's our job, to be objective and to put those biases to the side. With that being said, my overall impression of his combine, it was still fantastic. I mean, it, it was fantastic to come in. He played at around 195 pounds. That's what TCU had him listed at. You know, to come in at 206. You know, what is he? 510, close to 511. 206 to have that sort of explosion. And I know he didn't test well in the three cone. But uh, a guy that you got, a guy that you had on, uh, Ryan, to talk a, a week ago, Travis May, he had put a tweet out about overall the participants at the combine failed at the three cone. It was like they just didn't even train for it. It was like some of the lowest. Slowest times for that lateral agility drill over the past however many years. I guess it, it was just atrocious for everybody um, outside of a couple of people. But when you're talking about Jalen Rager's performance, it's it's so funny to me. It's so funny to me because at at, at what point did four four seven become slow? At what yeah. point right. did that become a disappointment? of four four seven. Um and. Maybe part of that was the expectation that was placed on him. I, I even thought he would run sub 4-4. Four, four. I thought he would be a low 4-3 guy. I, I didn't think that he'd get in the 4-2 range. But low 4-3, absolutely. I thought he would hit that. But you you had NFL players coming out saying, you guys really don't know how fast 4-2 is. How fast 4-3 is for players to run that fast. So I, I think he had... A heck of a combine overall. Just kind of looking at it in a nutshell.
2: Real quick, Ray, on the, the last dynasty blueprint, I mentioned that I did a, an article recently where I took the the thirteen wide receiver rece- reception leaders from this last last year, and I figured out their average combine forty time, and it was a four five seven. You know, like. That's fine. You know, four right. four mid four fours is really moving. And along those lines, I just want to get this out of the way too. Like when we were watching this on TV, Daniel Jeremiah mentioned with Rager he's carrying extra weight, as you mentioned, he played lighter than this. I wonder if he wanted to look good in his underwear and then at his pro day he cuts ten pounds and runs a four three nine.
1: I mean, he was, yeah, he was 11, he came in 11 pounds heavier than apparently he played at. So, uh, I do, he did look a lot more um, stocky to me. He looked bulkier Mm -hmm. than he did during his season at TCU. And he put up, I think it was 17 reps in the bench press. So, I mean, he's he's a built, he's a built athlete. But even so, I mean... 42-inch vertical jump, that was second, tied for second next to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like Ryan said, 139 inches in the... Br- that is explosive, explosive. And that sort of, if, if we can, Ryan, lead into uh, one of the unique facts about Jalen Rager. I got a bunch. I got a bunch, but I've got one that really <laughs> correlates to this. So in high school... This football player who dabbled in track and field, you know, dabbled. He wasn't a track and field athlete. He jumped 26 inches in the long jump. It was the furthest long jump at that point in time in the United States of America. In the USA, he had the furthest long jump of everybody in the country who was participating in high school track and field in that event. That's the type of explosion. And he demonstrated that at the Combine.
2: Can you imagine being in the air for twenty six feet?
1: <laughs> Ridiculous!
0: <laughs> wow, wow. Well, let's let's take a step back here. We were so uh, so excited to talk about this with you, Ray. That that I skipped some stuff. Jalen Rager, of course, is a junior wide receiver from TCU, five foot eleven, two hundred six pounds, and that those measurements are from the combine. So, uh, Ray, as you've already mentioned, maybe a little bit heavier than his actual playing weight. His, his career is, is certainly an interesting one. And if you haven't watched him play, uh, if you're not a huge college fan and, and you're just trying to figure out what these prospects might be, Rager might be a player you avoid if you're box score scouting because he had, he had a real breakout uh, sophomore season in 2018, caught 72 passes for over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, and, and then this past season, those numbers took a major dip. Forty-three catches, six hundred eleven yards, and five touchdowns. I, I think what's interesting to to note, or what's not, not even interesting, it's it's crucial to note, is that that still represented a, a huge portion of TCU's production. Many people, if you're if you're neck deep into into these prospects like we are, you've seen this already discussed on Twitter, maybe in articles, maybe heard it on podcast. The market share numbers were still there, even though the the bottom line doesn't look good. Basically, TCU just had a horrendous year, especially when it comes to their passing offense. Multiple quarterbacks shuffling in and out. And it, it was just an ugly year all around. I, I don't think you can look at those numbers and and really knock him for that. It's, it's just kind of the reality of what that offense was. Ray, you've already given us one unique uh, fact or, or stat on Rager. That was a good one. You said you have some other ones. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and and I and I do wanna shy away from the market share numbers, Ryan, you you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I don't have to dive into all of those. I'll just say that he commanded the lion's share of the receptions, the receiving yards, and the touchdowns for TCU. And, and if you want to look at that stuff, we have that over on DLF. You can find it anywhere. Everybody's talking about it. But what was interesting was, and I didn't know. I, I I had a good idea of watching TCU games this past season. I went to three games this past year and left all three right after halftime because it was just it was not even worth your time to sit through the games. But he had the lowest catchable target rate out of all of these wide receivers we're talking about. It was 31 percent. Wow. PFF put that stat out. Thirty one percent of the passes that he received this past season were deemed catchable. Thirty one percent.
2: That's so bad.
1: Thirty one percent. Jalen Rager. There were three games in twenty nineteen where he was not targeted until the third quarter. There were two games in twenty nineteen where a receiver did not catch a pass until the six-minute mark in the second quarter. In his three-year career, he played with six different quarterbacks. This past season, Max Duggan was a true freshman, more known for his running uh, than his passing. He developed a little bit towards the end of the year, but I don't know how much we'll be talking about Max Duggan as a dynasty asset here in the next couple of years. It was just, it was painful to watch that offense. And this isn't just my objectivity coming to light. There's data behind that. There are actual numbers, Uh, the targets that he received, the overall passing offense for TCU. It's almost like I I felt bad for him in that offense. And I have no clue why an offensive coordinator, why Sonny Cumbie, why Gary Patterson and those guys didn't manufacture touches uh, for Jalen Rager earlier in the season, because it just, it was bad. The raw numbers are horrendous, but as Ryan alluded to, the market share percentage was still
0: above, well above average.
2: Ray, can you think of anyone that had a worse situation, like in even recent years?
0: He's the Cam Akers. Yeah, I was going to say Cam
2: Akers. No,
1: Ryan, you hit the, (laughs) I was going to say Cam Akers, different, I was trying to find a wide receiver, but Mm -hmm. I say Cam Akers, and you know, we we talked about Henry Ruggs versus Jalen Rager, and I just I don't think any wide receiver would have been able to thrive in TCU's offense this past season. But if you pluck Jalen Rager out of that situation and put him in LSU, you you dropped him in Alabama. I think he produces more than a Henry Ruggs. I think he produces just as much as a Justin Jefferson. Now we may not ever know that, but he did show us flashes of elite wide receiver capability, his freshman and his sophomore season. So it just it was six different quarterbacks, wasn't targeted into the third quarter, receivers not catching passes until almost halftime. It was just a horrible situation at TCU this past season.
0: Ray, what's what is what does the data say? Do we even want to talk about the data honestly? Is it
1: just I'll be very brief. I mean market share, we just talked about it. The data is outstanding. 40% Dominator, uh, excuse me, 22% Dominator rating as a true freshman, 44% Dominator rating as a true sophomore, and in an abysmal junior season, 29% Dominator rating. I mean, across the board, you know, over 20% market share of the receptions, over 30% of the market share of receiving yards. I mean, he just, the data says that he was the guy, he was the focal point. And what I really like about Rager is how dynamic he was. All that market share stuff, that's just from a receiving standpoint. He ran the ball, he returned punts, and he returned kicks. He was a dynamic punt returner. He can be used in that, you know, uh, I'll save this for later on in the show, but he can be used carrying the ball out of the backfield or on jet motion sweeps. So I think every wide receiver is going to have an adjustment period at the next level. Every wide receiver but what he can do from day one is you can throw him back there and say go field that punt go return that kick and make a play
2: yeah and doesn't he have one of the best breakout ages going to he's got he's
1: got a low one i think it's a uh, 18.8 or 18.9 so 18 years old he was breaking yeah. out in a uh, in college
2: that's pretty awesome yeah. folks do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM
1: do
2: you think you're the best at fantasy football well here's a chance to prove it Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart and elite fantasy football player. There is no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL players, contracts, and salaries. Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie rookie draft, and then by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. The mobile app is in development and be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts in May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com.
0: Ray, let's dig into the film a little bit. What have you seen on film that, that stood out positively or negatively for Jalen Rager?
1: Well, let's start with the positives. The positives are, and I just touched on it a, a second ago, he's dynamic. He's a dynamic, explosive, explosive athlete. It's, you know, if he gets a step on a defender, if he's even, he's leaving. He's an explosive athlete. When you get the ball in his hands, he can make the play, make plays, from anywhere on the field and when you look at somebody who's 5 foot ten, five foot 11 you'd like to think that he's a slot inside slot receiver you know kind of shifty quick they line him out at wide they line him out at the x receiver position he had uh play, plays where he was inside at the slot and it really got me thinking about what matt said last week when he was talking about t higgins when you've got a player who's got that position versatility at wide receiver it just opens up so many more options for the other receivers in tight ends and running backs on that team, and Rager will be able to do that. He will be able to split out wide. He can play in the slot. If you needed him to line up in the backfield for whatever reason, he can do that. The film shows an explosive dynamic receiver who does have a somewhat limited route tree because in college, they don't... And again, Matt talked about this when he when he mentioned Jalen Samuels, talking about how often was he asked to pass block at North Carolina State. And Jalen Samuels said, I wasn't. In college, these receivers aren't, and Matt, I know you, I would really love for you to chime in on this, but these college coaches are not there to develop the full route inventory. That's not their... They're putting me, let me get this guy the ball any way possible. If you can only run three routes well, then we're just going to run three routes and get you the ball any way possible. We saw it with Paris Campbell last year and his 1 yard average depth of target. He doesn't have the the most diverse route tree yet, but I'm not I'm not concerned about that. He will learn the routes that he needs to run at the NFL level.
2: Yeah, you're 100% right. Like I bet some listeners are like how hard is it to run an out in a post it's very very hard i mean like jerry rice was the best at making them all look the same and the timing of it and there's it's it, it is very complex to run an entire route tree especially from multiple positions on a field but it's not uncommon at all for a guy to come to the league and not be well diversed in more than a couple i mean that's that's kind of it's pretty common
1: yeah uh, and and i'm not I'm not concerned with that. Uh, if you're if you're talking about some of the negatives with Rager, he, there were times where he had some, I, I call him concentration drops, and then he was also, there were times where he was just trying to do a little too much. He's got to take what's there. You, you can't reverse field on every catch. You know, you can't, sometimes you just need to get the ball and get down. You can't juke, trying to juke out an entire defense. You leave yourself open to having the ball punched out. When you catch the ball, he's got to secure it into his body. Th- those, to me, are sloppy technique issues. They're not, you know. You, you can't coach four-four-seven. You can't coach burst. You can't coach the feel for the pump return game. You can coach, hey man, when you catch it on the slant route, get down, get the first down, and get down, get out of bounds, stop reversing field. Those are coachable, teachable things for a talented player. And I didn't talk about this in the unique uh, fact section, but Rager's father played in the NFL. He won a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts. He was the second-round draft pick by the Denver Broncos. Monte Rager played defensive end for uh, the Eagles, for the Colts, for the Broncos. So he's got an NFL pedigree. I mean, he's got everything that you want. A highly-rated recruit with an NFL background from his father. He's going to have his head on straight and he wants to perform well. I I, I I, know this of the kid.
2: Ray, I'm not going to make excuses for him, but the first thing I thought of when you said he tries to do too much and sometimes he'll have some concentration lapses, I'm thinking if he's in this miserable offense and is used to the ball sailing over his head and losing by a million and having no help around him and terrible quarterback play, I can see a concentration lapse here and there. He's a human being.
1: Yep. And you know, when he gets to the next level, he'll be asked to do his job and 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 kind of not worry about that. But at TCU, I guarantee the coach said you gotta make a play. We need you we need you to make yeah, a play a here. Good. Um so th- again, those You're are yeah, those are coachable things. They that can be coached and corrected at the next level.
0: Ray, let's talk about who Jalen Rager reminds you of, the the comp, the style of play who do you think of when you see Jalen Rager on the field?
1: This is the This is the first time I felt comfortable doing this. This is the first time I felt like, okay, I've got one. I've got one that that I've maintained for months now. But he reminds me of Percy Harvin. I think he's a Percy Harvin type player. And if you look at, and I was making this comp months ago, and then I looked at Percy Harvin's combine review from whenever he participated. And it was exactly identical to Jalen Rayer. They thought wow. Percy Harvin was gonna run a 433. He runs a four-four-seven. They thought, you know, the same size, identical size, identical speed. And the way that Percy Harvin was used at Florida and the way he was used in Minnesota. And 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 you have to stop and don't think about Percy Harvin the end of his career after suffering suffering multiple concussions. Think about how good Percy Harvin was. That season, especially when they had Brett Favre at quarterback, and he was used out of the backfield. He was dynamic in the receiving game. He was a fantastic kick returner from the time that he came into the NFL. I think that Jalen Rager is a more explosive version of Percy Harvin. I know our good friend Curtis Patrick has comped him to an angry Odell Beckham Jr. I think Odell Beckham uh, (laughs) is a better wide receiver than 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 uh than uh who are we talking about again? I don't even Jalen Rager. Jalen <laughs> I'm thinking about Odell Beckham in the one hand catch. I think OBJ was a better pure wide receiver. I think Rager offers more versatility than Odell Beckham, but I think Odell is a better wide receiver. So when I'm looking at Rager, I, I definitely see a Percy Harvin kind of uh more explosive version of Percy Harvin. Debo? That's another one. That's a that's another good one. I think I think Debo may be a little more physical and whereas Mm Jalen Rager has a little more speed and burst to his game, but that's also not a bad comp, but man, Debo's just so tough. (laughs) Debo's a tough player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Debo's actually the player. uh, One of the players I was thinking about, especially when we were talking about Rager as a runner, his in his college career, 35 rush attempts, 324 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, one thing that stuck in my head after the, listening to the coverage of the combine last weekend was, um, of course, we always hear that the NFL is a copycat league. That's that's kind of a, a common phrase that's thrown around, and it was mentioned multiple times that teams are looking for the next Debo, especially after the 49ers uh, run to the Super Bowl and, and the 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 big plays made by Debo Samuel, uh, especially late in the season. So, yeah, different type of players for sure. Uh, I think I think you're right. Debo maybe a little tougher. Rager a little a little smoother. It feels like, but but can maybe do some of those same things. Be used potentially in some of the same ways. Ray, ideal landing spot for Jalen Rager. Oh, let, let, let me throw this at you first. Yeah. Let me start with this. We had Danny Kelly on our, ep, on our most recent episode. Uh, and, and Danny does a great job over at the ringer covering the NFL and the NFL draft in his latest mock draft. He has Jalen Rager as a first rounder into the first round to the green Bay Packers. You love it.
1: That was going to be my first, that was my first choice. Green Bay would have been my first uh, landing spot selection destination for Rager. I think the Philadelphia Eagles would be a great spot for him. I also think the New Orleans Saints would be a great spot for Jalen Rager. So those would be my top three landing spots for him. But I love the idea of him in Green Bay and, you know, if if he did land in a Green Bay, he's going to have to make sure those routes are precise because Aaron Rodgers, that's what he wants. That's how they operate <laughs> or else you'll be relegated to the bench. But uh, I think he'd be an outstanding complement to Devontae Adams. I think he'd be an outstanding field stretcher and possibly a little bit more with the Philadelphia Eagles and then the, the, yeah. the third spot, the New Orleans Saints looking for a, a good number two wide receiver that offers a little more explosion on that offense, right? You know, that, it's an efficient offense, but it's not as explosive down the field. And I think Rager would provide sort of that, uh, you know, he'd be the, the incumbent to a uh, Ted Ginn Jr. out there uh, running, running deep and opening things up for Michael Thomas. But I love, love the Green Bay
0: situation. And as
2: the case every time we do one of these receiver ones, you could probably come up with a dozen other teams.
0: Yeah, guys, let's wrap up with a, a, a quick look at Jalen Rager's current dynasty value. As we mentioned last time, we we do have some mocks running. So uh, in our earlier episodes, we were we were basically guessing kind of how we thought these guys would uh, would end up, and and now we know for sure. In our latest rookie ADP, that's uh, that comes from ten different rookie mocks. Uh, gives us a, a pretty solid sample size. Uh, even after that terrible combine that he endured, Jalen Rager is still the 1.08, the eighth player overall. He's the wide receiver three, uh, which which is really interesting. We've got the top two guys, Judy, Judy and Lamb, and then it's kind of a battle for that wide receiver three spot between Rager, uh, Ruggs. Of course, T. Higgins did nothing at the combine. That was the disappointment. Laviska Chenault has gotten hurt. Uh, since, uh, since we spoke last race. So right now the wide receiver three in the rookie class, according to our data is Jalen Rager looking at startup drafts. Our, our March drafts are still, still going, still collecting that data. But looking back at February, he's 55 overall 55th player overall in our February ADP that made him wide receiver 29. Some of the players being drafted around him just for that reference, Uh, Just ahead of him, Terry McLaurin, Michael Gallup, a couple of other young receivers. Right behind him, Christian Kirk and the running back, Devin Singletary. So those are some of the players being valued in the same range as Jalen Rager. Ray, how are you feeling about about those players? Are you, are you taking Rager over those guys for sure? What are your What are you thinking,
1: Ryan? You know I didn't take him over McLaurin. <laughs> I just did that today. I did that today <laughs> in a mock draft. And Ryan, Ryan uh, texted me and said, "I can't believe you passed on Rager there," but I did take Terry McLaurin over him. And I forgot who the other player was, Kenyon Drake. I took Kenyon Drake in the mock over him, but I think that's an appropriate place. And if you're asking me, would I rather Christian Kirk or Jalen Rager? I'm taking Jalen Rager. I I know there are a lot of Kirk enthusiasts out there. I, I just don't... I think Rager offers a little more upside. I think McLaurin offers that stability. We've seen what he can do in the NFL... Uh, and even a Michael Gallup, I think that depending on my roster construction, I may go Gallup, I may go Raker, but I don't think that's a bad ADP for a player who just absolutely bombed the combine with a 42 inch vertical jump and a 447 40 yard <laughs> dash and minimal production as a junior. So I, I think that's a I think that's a pretty good spot for him right now, and that can only go up based on his landing spot, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and of course, we're joking here. As we said at the top of the show, we're 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 all yes. The, the three of us <laughs> at least are very impressed, very happy with Rager's combine. Yes. Ray, I said he was eighth overall, and and I know you as as a big Rager fan. Um, if you can't rely on ADP, if you can't say I'm going to wait and get him later, or I'm going to trade down or something like that. Basically, where does Jalen Rager rank in your rookie? Uh, in your rookie ranks right now?
1: Well, he's after the big, I'd say the big four or five running backs for me. I'm still going to start uh, with those running backs. I still do have C.D. Lamb ranked at head of reger and then he's right after C.D. Lamb for me. So I think you're talking mm. about seven, you're talking about six, seven, eight. You know, I'd feel as comfortable, I'd feel in a, in a one-quarterback league, I'd feel really comfortable taking him at the 106-107 spot, but I still do like CeeDee Lamb more than I do Jalen Rager, just a little bit.
0: All right, really good stuff, as always, Ray. Uh, love the Jalen Rager talk, and uh, as as always, you, you taught us a lot here. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blue